Well, happy Mother's Day. What a beautiful day it is to celebrate. Before I jump in, I just want to take a moment and honor my husband. We celebrate 14 years of marriage this coming Tuesday, and I love you. Yeah, show him some love. Really grateful for the way that you lead our home and lead this house here. So, wow, it's May 2023. Time is just flying by. This year is flying by, and with each day, everything just gets a little bit more advanced, right? We get a little bit more advanced with medicine and engineering and technology. It's just advancing every day. And we have access to just about anything that we could want to know or see or find out about at the tips of our fingers, just about anywhere, anytime. But you know, with all of that information that we have access to, all the, the knowledge that we have available to us, there's still so much that we don't know. There's still so much that we have questions about. I have questions about how to be a mom, how to be a spouse, how to lead my life. I have questions about my future, questions about my faith. And over the last few years, I feel like the Lord has just been impressing on my heart that there's never been a time where it's been more important for us as men and women, moms and dads, young men, young women, as Christians, for us to know what we believe, to really know what we know, and to be able to give an account for it. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 says that we are made overcomers, number one, by the blood of the Lamb, which is available to each and every one of us, and number two, by the word of our testimony. What we know, our testimony, it's powerful, it's important, and we've got to be able to give an account for it. You know, I was raised in a Christian home, and I'm so thankful for the faith foundation that was laid for me at a very early age. We went to church just about every time the doors were open. I remember eight years old, I tugged on my mom's arm at the end of a service and asked if she would walk down to the altar with me so I could surrender my heart to the Lord. I have an early foundation that was laid for me. But I didn't realize until my adulthood that other families weren't all like mine. <laughs> I was raised in a little bit of a bubble, and I was sheltered, and I'm thankful for that. But I didn't realize that there were other families, lots of other families, that weren't like mine, didn't believe what we believe about God, didn't live their lives the way that we lived ours. And I didn't realize until those adult years that I had never really had to define what I believed for myself. And if you're here today and you've never really taken the time to define that for yourself, maybe you were brought up like me and that incredible faith foundation was laid for you early on, it's important for us to know for ourselves, for me to know, Caitlin Pooley, what do I believe? Because I can't depend on what my mom believes or my pastor. I have to determine for myself because they're not the ones that are making the decisions every day in my life for me. They're not the ones that are going to have to give an account at the end of my life. It's me. And so I've got to decide what am I going to believe. I've got to define that for myself. And you know, the world that we live in, Nathan preached a little bit of my message. He must have been looking at my notes up here for child dedication. But the world that we live in is trying its hardest to define what we believe for us. It's trying to define what our kids are going to believe, how they think, and, and what they're going to choose to live their lives based on. And so we have to guard what's coming into our lives. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. 
Be careful, little ears, what you hear. That's more than just a nursery rhyme. It's wisdom. We have to be careful what's coming in through our eyes and our ears. In the book of Matthew, it says that the eye is the lamp of the body and that if your eyes are healthy, your whole life will be filled with light. Imagery is powerful. We know that. Advertising knows that. We can eat dinner out and be stuffed can't fit another piece of broccoli inside of us and we're driving home and we pass the billboard and all of a sudden we're salivating for a McDonald's ice cream cone. (laughs) Imagery is powerful. What we see, what we allow into our eyes is powerful. Our words are powerful. Your words are powerful. Your words are shaping your world. Your words are shaping the world that you live in. They're shaping what you believe and how you live your life. That's why child dedications is so beautiful and so important is because we know the incredible responsibility that we have as parents to guard what is coming into our kids' lives and to guard what's coming into our homes because it's shaping our world. It's shaping what we believe. And our words are coming at us in more than just a conversation from you and me Words are coming at us every day in so many different ways through podcasts and audiobooks and YouTube and Netflix, Instagram, Twitter, the news, through songs, the lyrics of the songs, the words that we speak to ourselves inside of our heads. Those words are powerful. Even the ones that you have just in the background, it's just background noise. I'm not really paying attention to it. Words are powerful and they have the ability to get inside of us. And so we have an incredible responsibility if we're going to be a believer and try to live our life the way that Jesus is calling us to, then we have a responsibility to guard what's coming in and not just our lives, but the lives of the kids and the people that we're responsible for. So we've got to define what we believe. What are we going to choose to believe? And I think there's one really good way that we can start to define what we believe Because regardless of your faith journey and where you're at this morning, maybe you were raised like me or maybe this is all brand new to you. Maybe this is your first time hearing about Jesus this morning. Regardless of where you are, you have a choice to make today to define what am I going to believe and how am I going to live my life. And I think one of the best ways that we can start to define that for ourselves is to look to God's word. He's given us so much goodness in this book. It's incredible. If you are facing a problem in your life or or a decision you've got to make, it may not be spelled out exactly like your 21st century problem looks and feels, but I can promise you there's some wisdom in here on how how to navigate that and how to live your life the best that you can. God's word is powerful. In Proverbs 4 verse 20, it says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. And here's why. For they are life to those who find them and health for all their flesh. The word of the God is powerful. It says it's sharper than any two-edged sword, so it has power, but it also brings life and health. In Psalm 119, it says, Your word have I treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. When we get God's word inside of us, like Pastor Nathan shared last week, when we meditate on his word, good things begin to come. Fruit begins to show up in our lives, and our lives are, are lived in a way that's pleasing to God. 
This word is powerful. And so if you're looking to define how to live your life, look to God's word. And you can find wisdom and truth and direction in there. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is known as the love chapter. And I've always loved this chapter. Nathan reads it at just about every wedding that he does. And as I was studying for this message, I was looking at different scriptures that talk about what we know. And I came across 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I thought, I don't remember anything about what we know in that chapter. But when I looked at it, verses 9 and 10 say, For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, the partial will pass away. And I thought, well, how does that even, how is that even relevant in this chapter about love? Well, love is an incredible attribute of God our Father. You can't know God without knowing love, right? And so Paul is describing the love of Christ and this love that we can strive to have in our own lives, in our own relationships, when we're in relationship with God. He's describing this love. It's patient. It's kind. And then I think Paul was kind of like I was at the beginning of this message. And he said, you know what? There's just so much to know. And you're going to have questions. So you're going to know in part, but there's still a big part that you're probably not going to know. And as Christians, we can know, but there's still a little bit of it that we might not really know or understand, or we might get it wrong from time to time. I don't know about you, but I get it wrong from time to time. So he's telling us, it's you know in part, but there's still a big part that you're not going to know. But when completeness comes, and that just means when we get to heaven and we're with God, What we didn't know, the questions that we had that were left unanswered, they're not even going to matter. It's going to pass away. But I love this verse in relation to what I'm talking about today because it tells me that there's a part for you and me to know. I love growth track. We talk about it a lot, but one of the reasons I love it is because of one of the steps in there where you discover your purpose. You have a purpose. We talked about that with these kids up here this morning. God has a purpose for each and every one of us, and it was decided long before we even made our debut onto this planet. God has a purpose, but in order for us to live into that purpose and do our part, we got to discover it, and then it's our, it's our job to know our part and to do our part. And your part looks different than my part, and and my part looks different than your part, but we've got to know our part, and we've got to all come together and do our part. And when we do, it's beautiful. It's the family of God. It's the body of Christ. But you've got to know what you know. You've got to know your part. Another way that we do that and define that for our lives is by looking for God in our lives. Now, I love where we live. It's incredible, the beauty that surrounds us in nature. And I think it's easy living here to look outside and to see God. It's easy to look at the sunrise or the sunset or see the birds flying and just see God and his creation. He speaks to us through his creation. He speaks that he is a creator. He speaks that he is light and hope. And so when we look around in our lives, we can begin to see who God is, and he shows up in our everyday lives. Today is Mother's Day, and that's a day where we celebrate the gift of life that God has given us. And as we see these children, as we see our loved ones and all those around us, we give thanks to the God who created 
life. It's a miracle. If you don't know how that happens, look it up because it's a miracle. (laughs) I'll never forget when I first started my nursing career, I was working at a small town hospital and getting ready to graduate with my nursing degree. And the director of nursing said, hey, if you're trying to still decide what department you want to work in, why don't you start just floating around and checking them out? I said, that's great. I know I want to work in labor and delivery because I love babies. She said, okay. So I I went and I started working in labor and delivery. And the first few deliveries that I was blessed to be a part of, I just cried. (laughs) I still did my job, but I cried tears because it was so beautiful. And I'm like, why are you not crying? This is incredible. This is a miracle, the miracle of life. And I'll never forget walking out of one of the delivery rooms, and I heard the OB and the charge nurse talking. They didn't know I was there. And she said, Caitlin's not going to cut it. (laughs) Because I couldn't stop crying. And that's okay, because I moved on, and now I work in a a place I don't cry as much. (laughs) But I'm sensitive because I saw the gift of life. I saw the miracles that were happening right before my eyes. And we can do that in our own lives. And what it does, it, it just reveals God to us more and more in the relationships that we have with others. It reveals God's love, deep love. It reveals forgiveness that we can have through those relationships. It shows us grace and mercy, long-suffering. We see that when we look around in our lives. We see God. And really what we're seeing is experiences. Because experiences like our words and and what we see, they help to shape what we believe and and who we are. And I love experiences because they're unique to the person who experienced them. You and I can be in the same room and, and have the same exact things happen to us, but your experience and my experience will probably be a little different when we walk away and we tell our experience, right? Our experience is unique. It's individual to the person that it happened to. And I love that when we're talking about what do we believe about God, because what I believe about God based on my experiences with him, nobody can take that away from me. You could try to argue theology with me and you would probably win because I'm not very deep (laughs) in my theology, but if you started trying to argue what I believe to be true about God and what I've experienced, you wouldn't be able to change my mind because I've experienced it. You can't tell me that God doesn't heal because I've experienced the miraculous healing power of God. You can't tell me that God doesn't deliver because I've experienced him deliver in my life. You can't tell me that he's not alive or well, that he doesn't care, because I've experienced the peace that he brings. I've experienced the beauty that comes after ashes. I've experienced the joy that comes after mourning. I've experienced God in a very personal and intimate way. And because of those experiences, you can't change my mind about what I believe is true about God. Amen. You can't change my mind about my experience because that's who God is to me. And our experiences are so powerful. And as we get ready to close today, I want to share just a a, a story in the Bible in the Old Testament where God revealed himself to the Israelites and the Egyptians through an experience. And what it did for the Israelites and the Egyptians is it really just showed them who God was. And you're probably familiar with this story. It's where the Israelites were in bondage 
to the Egyptians. And they were experiencing severe injustice and were being treated so wrong. And God rose, raised up a man named Moses from within. And I love this story because Moses, as he began to grow up there, he began to see the injustice that was happening to the Israelites. But Moses got a little bit ahead of God. And one day Moses murdered an Egyptian soldier. And Moses had to flee. And he ended up tending sheep in the middle of nowhere. Thought that he had just messed up and missed out. God wouldn't use him to deliver the people. Maybe you're here this morning and you've ran from God. Maybe you're far away from what you feel like God had intended for your life. Maybe you're here and you've made a really big mistake. I love this story because God still used Moses. And that tells me that regardless of what I've done, regardless of where I may be, how far off the path I may have strayed, that that doesn't deter the destiny that God has for my life. That there is nothing that I can do to change what God has planned for me from the very beginning of time. God restored Moses and he actually brought him back. And instead of just saving one Israelite, Moses was able to help lead out the entire nation of Israel. This is thousands of people that Moses led out of captivity. And the story doesn't just end there. They're, they're, they're leaving Egypt. They're celebrating their freedom. They're headed for the promised land. And then God says in his word that he hardened the heart of Pharaoh. And so Pharaoh said, all right, boys, mount up. We're going after them. And so they took off after the Israelites. And so here's the Israelites. They're headed out. The Egyptians are behind them, chasing after them. And they come to the Red Sea. All hope seems lost. They even said, Moses, did you bring us out here just to die? It seemed hopeless, but God spoke to Moses and he told him to raise up his hand towards the Red Sea. And you know the story, God parted the Red Sea. It says that there were literally walls of water on either side and that the Israelites were able to walk through the sea on dry ground. How incredible, that is a miracle. And so they're walking through on dry ground the sea is parted. I mean, this is incredible. And they get to the other side, but the Egyptians are still behind them. And so Moses turns around and God speaks to him again. And he says, raise up your hand. And he raised his hand and God caused the waters to come back over. And it took out the Egyptian army. It took out their enemy. And I love that part of the story because it says that the Israelites got to see their enemy washing up on the shore dead. That's the God that we serve. He's a victorious God. And we don't have to look over our shoulder at what used to have us bound. We don't have to look over our shoulder at what used to chase after us and what used to bind us. We don't have to look over our shoulder. When God sets you free, you are free indeed. And I love they got to watch that happen. It was an experience that God showed his miraculous power to them. But here's what I want to look at just as we close this morning is their response. 
because we've all had experiences in our lives where we've seen God, he's revealed himself to us. Maybe you haven't recognized it as God, but you have experiences where you've seen God, but your response to that experience is important. Your response shouldn't just be, ah, I'm not impressed. That's not really a big healing. That's not, you know, okay, he got saved. She had been praying for him for 10 years. It's about time. No, we, our response to the miracle, our response when God shows up is important. And I want us to look at the response of Moses and all of the Israelite people. And I think this is a pattern for how we can respond after we see God show up in our lives. Imagine this, Moses and thousands of people who had just experienced God's miraculous power. This is their response. They said, the Lord is my strength. The Lord is my song. And he has become my salvation. (laughs) I love that. The Lord is my strength. They declared who God was to them. They declared what God had revealed himself to be in their great weakness. They were weak. They were in a bad place. They couldn't make it out on their own. God not only delivered them out of Egypt, but then he rescued them through this miraculous event that we read about. God revealed his strength in their weakness. And so they were able to come out on the other side and declare, this is who I know God to be. He is my strength. And so we can take that as a pattern in our lives. Whatever God reveals to us in that moment or that experience, declare it out. Remember, our our testimony is powerful. We overcome by our testimony. And sometimes it's not just us that needs the, the testimony to overcome. It's somebody around us. It's a kid on the outskirts. It's a family member that's watching at a distance. And maybe they need to see your experience and hear your experience and know that God is is my strength. God is my song. I don't think it's news to you that I love to worship. I do it up here every week. It's a passion that I have from an early age, but I love to worship God. Joy and peace and hope come in those moments where I just surrender and worship. But I don't think that's what they're talking about here when they say, God is my song. Because a song is not just what somebody else has written, lyrics to a well-known song. No, your song is what you know deep inside of your soul, of who God is. It's personal. Nobody else can sing your song like you can. If I'm being honest with you today, I can tell you that there have been times in my life, even with my love for worship, that I've lost my song. I didn't want to sing. I didn't want to worship. I didn't even think, like, God, how can you be good in this moment right now? Experiencing great loss, experiencing death, experiencing heartache. Wondering, where is God? But he's restored my song. And I think he did that for the Israelites because I'm sure that in those years of bondage and captivity that they had lost their song. They had lost a reason to sing. They had felt forgotten. They had felt hopeless. But I love their response to God. You are my song. And 
I want to encourage you today. Maybe you're in a place where you feel like you've lost your song, or maybe you don't even know what your song is. You've got to define your song. You've got to define what you believe. And regardless of the situation or the season or the storm that you're in, you've got to sing out your song. And so now that God has restored my song and I know what my song is, whenever I'm walking through the valley, I can sing out that God is with me. Whenever I'm walking through heartache and pain, I can sing out that God is my restoration, that he is my peace and my hope and my joy and that he will see me through. You got to sing your song. Other people need to hear your song. And he has become my salvation. I love that wording. He has become my salvation. Because Moses, he, he walked with God. This wasn't the first time that God had revealed himself to Moses. This wasn't the first time that he had experienced salvation. But he says, he has become my salvation. And I love that because salvation is so much more than a one-time experience in our lives. It's not just a, a, a place where we check the box, but salvation in the life of a believer happens over and over and over again because it's those times where God just reveals to us a little deeper, this is who I am and this is the plan I have for you. He has become my salvation. Will you bow your heads with me? I want to take just a moment and ask you to look inside. Ask yourself, what do I believe about God? Maybe you're here today, you've lost your song, you don't feel like God is good. My prayer today is that each of us would leave here knowing who God is, knowing that He is our song in every season, knowing that he will continue to be our salvation. That's the hope that we have in you, Jesus. So right now, Father, I just thank you so much for the opportunity to come into your house and to lift you up and to look to your word, to sit at your table. I thank you for every person that's here, every person that's listening. Thank you for the way that you have revealed yourself throughout history time and time and time again for the way that you've revealed yourself in my life in our family there are so many testimonies throughout this room today of who you are and you are good you are faithful and i thank you for that today and i just pray that in this moment right now that you would just seal on our hearts who you are. Whatever it is that we have need of today, in whatever way that we're looking for you or searching, whatever hole we're trying to fill, I pray, God, that you would be the one to do that. I pray that you would begin to reveal yourself to us more and more in our everyday lives. And let us begin to recognize that it's you. I pray for those that have lost their song. I pray for those that are walking through a hard place. 
that you would restore the joy of your salvation. And I pray that you would walk with us. We just surrender to you in this moment. I would ask if you've never given your heart to the Lord, or maybe you need to rededicate your life today, that you do that in this moment right now. Lord, we invite you in. We can't do it without you. God, we recognize who you are, that you are the Son of God, that you are our living hope, and we choose today to place our trust and our lives in your hands. I thank you, Lord. I pray, God, that you would go with us today, strengthen us and encourage us in your word. We love you and praise you. In your son's name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.